by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Praise God. Praise God. Well, it's good to be here, and I'm not the special guest. He comes every Sunday with you. Anybody know his name? Come on, say it out loud. Praise God. How many of you love Jesus? Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, I love Jesus. (laughs) Amen, amen. I honestly love coming here. Uh, It feels like home here, really. Uh, And uh, we uh, are glad to be able to get back uh, more often. Um, and so I hope you don't mind putting up with me once in a while. Don't you love your pastors? Come on, give God a big praise for them. Praise God. Now, I want to, I want to just tell you something. Um, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not asking anybody to, uh, have to do this, but I just want to tell you, uh, when I, we pastored, Denise and I started a church in our home. In uh, August 1980, the Lord instructed us to plant a church, so we did. And I had been traveling around the country preaching, uh, doing crusades, and uh, I didn't know anything about pastoring, so, uh, but I did know how to preach Jesus. And so we just invited a few people, didn't do any advertising, invited a few people, and uh, they came, some People came, about 15 people showed up, including the Avon lady. And uh, anybody remember Avon? Yeah, the Avon lady, she would come and sell Denise all kinds of stuff. And uh, she came and she got saved and uh, born again, changed her life. But uh, we planted the church there and didn't really know what we were doing but God honored our faithfulness now I'm telling you what listen to me when God asks you to do something it's not because you're so smart or beautiful or you've got it all figured out or you're the most talented person he could ask because that's not what God does see God now don't get offended But God looks for foolish things so he can confound the wise. He looks for weak things so he can confound the strong. He looks for uh, uh, insignificant things so he can confound the mighty. Are you with me? Do you mind falling in that group so he can use you? See, God doesn't look for the most qualified. He'll take the, the, the... the worst in the litter. And he'll do something with them. And so that way God gets all the glory. Amen. So look at somebody and say, that means God can use you. <laughs> but 
I had, we had no clue what we were doing, so we just loved God, prayed, preached Jesus the best we knew how. I didn't know all the things people needed to learn, but I knew Jesus, you know. So we preached Jesus, and people came. And before we knew it, a church was being built. And so I remember uh, one of our, like our third service center at home, uh, and a couple came, and the guy came up to me. Uh, actually, he, that couple, and another couple, and one of the men was talking to me after we because after the service we'd have tater chips and and cokes and you know just fan, little real fancy foods there, and uh, uh, we'd stand around let everybody talk and get to know one another. This guy says, "Oh, my name is so and so," and he said, "I need to know what your vision is." Well. I started to say, well, right now it's 2020, the last time I had it checked, but I didn't know, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't taught on all that stuff, so I said, well, and he kind of saw, I was looking, I was looking like a cow looking at a new gate, you know, and I was like, well, uh, and he said, you know, what is your plan for the future? I said, oh, okay. I said, I'm going to preach Jesus and pray for people and love them. And he said, okay. And uh, they didn't come back anymore because I didn't know what the vision was. But the wonderful thing is Jesus knew what the vision was. And if he's building the church, then, hey, we don't have to, we don't have to understand it all. You may not understand everything, that is, uh, your pastor does and the direction and everything. It's good to have a, uh, a grasp on the vision or something. But honestly, we only see a little part. Because whatever you see and whatever you think you know and whatever the pastor thinks he knows, God's got so much more and he's not even sharing it with you because if he did, you couldn't believe it. And so you'd be overcome with doubt and it would hinder you. So he just shows you a little bit. And then he lets you play around with that. And put, you know, color on it. And, and add all these fringes to it and everything. Make it look real pretty. And that's all right with him. Do you understand what I mean by that? We're, we just talk about all this. But that's all right. God knows what he's doing. And he's doing it. And he's going to keep doing it. Jesus said, my father is always working and God is always working. He's working in your life. He's working in this church. He is working and he's building a church here. Amen. And it's not because of everything we're doing right, but it's just because we're willing to come together as one in one accord and love him and let him be God in our life. Amen. Am I making sense? Well, here's what I wanted to tell you if I can quit preaching. And that is, one day after church started growing and everything, you know, and uh, everything was about pouring into the people. We're pouring into the people, pouring into the people, loving on them, praying for them, helping them, counseling them, you know, doing everything we can for them. And so we're just pouring into the people. And, you know, nobody said, hey, pastor, I just want you to know I really appreciate it. It's changing my life. You know, nobody ever said that. And so Denise and I would lay in bed at night and said, we'd say, do you think it's helping? Is it making a difference? And 
You can't just go by people showing up. You're wondering, okay, is God really working in their lives? Are we doing anything? You know, are we going to be here 20 years from now and think, we had not done nothing? You know, what are we going to have when we stand before God? Well, a guy came up to me and he said, I want to take you out uh, next Saturday. I want you to go with me. And well, Saturday was usually a day when I was really shut in with God and getting ready for Sunday. He said, I want to take you. And I said, really? I said, and he said, no, I need you to go with me, Pastor. And I said, okay. Well, anyway, long story longer. He took me on a Saturday. We got up, got at breakfast, went out to breakfast. I thought, well, maybe that's it. And then we got in the car and we went, we drove somewhere. We drove out of town to another little town. And he drove up to this parked in front of a men's store. And he took, we went inside. And I thought I was, he was going to buy something. I'm just kind of tailing along. And I was still trying to figure out what is this all about. Because as pastors, we're always thinking about what do we need to do for you? How do we need to help you? What, that's our thing. And uh, God has to help us get out of that mindset and be willing to just be people. And so he went inside and he said, look around. And I looked around and he said, this is a, uh, one of higher, higher level men's clothing stores. Men come from all over to buy here. And he said, you pick out anything you want. I want you to get a new suit, whatever you want. And he said, I'm paying for it. And uh, I hadn't bought a new suit in forever. Uh, I had one suit. And I figured that was enough. And because uh, it worked every Sunday. And uh, back then we wore suits to church. He bought me that suit. Now, I'll never forget that. And on the way back, I asked him, I said, why are you buying this? Why would you do this? He said, because nobody tells you how much a difference you're making. And he said, your obedience has changed my life, changed our family, and is changing other lives. And he said, every time you look at this suit, I want you to remember that. And you know, it wasn't the suit. Could I have survived without it? Absolutely. It wasn't a suit. It was the, what he did, the act. And I'm not saying you got to go buy your pastor's suit, but I am saying this. You need to let them know. Don't take for granted. Well, and don't have the idea, well, they're just obeying God. Yes, they are. And it cost. And somebody somewhere should say, thank you. Thank you. You know, you go to a restaurant, you should leave a tip, shouldn't you? For the waitress that waits on you. So, in the church, don't neglect your responsibility. Just like they're not neglecting their responsibility. Don't neglect your responsibility to personally let them know. A, a little note. You know, write a little handwritten note. People still can, you can write, right? You remember how to do that? <clears throat> Don't just do an email. I mean, that's fine, but something about a handwritten note. Because there's something more personal about it. Write a little note. You're like, you know, you ladies to Angie and say, Angie, 
I can't tell you what you mean. You guys, you know, right, Pastor Guy, say, Pastor Guy, here's what you, God you use you for in my life. Now listen, it's Jesus, isn't it? And he understands more than anybody. It's Jesus that is working through him. But he is the vessel. He is the vessel. Amen. And this couple, they are doing a good job. And they really are. They really are. They really are. And guys, yes, I like that. And guys, I promise you the best is yet to come. Isn't it? You believe that? Well, give God a big praise. Amen. All right, stand with me if you can or will. Hold your Bible up. If you don't have your Bible, reach over and grab your neighbor's Bible and say, you should have brought a Bible today. (laughs) Hold it up, wave it around, make the devil nervous. Shake it in his face a little bit. Say this with me. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I have what it says I have. And I can do what this book says I can do. What this book says I can do. By the promises of God's word. By the promises of God's word. I become a partaker of God's nature. I overcome all of my problems. I conquer all of my foes by simple faith in what this book says. This is my Bible. God said it. I believe it. So it's settled in my life. All right, you may be seated. When Denise and I were pastoring, we were, before the church really took off, started growing. We were doing everything we needed to do, but we, we said, you know, God help us. Because you're bigger than this. You're bigger than this. And we need to see every Sunday we want souls saved. And we did outreaches and all that. But... Um, one of the things the Lord spoke to us was consistency about a few things. And so one of the things we consistently did is what I just did with you. I got my Bible. My pastor, John Osteen, would do something like that. And so we just picked it up. And, uh, but, and we would say it every service. You think, that's simple. That's nothing. But you know what? God's used that. Because people would later on say, you know what? I started saying that, and all of a sudden, what I was saying became real in me. This is my Bible. I am what this book says I am. Not what I think, not what people say, not what the world thinks. I am what this book says I am. I'm a child of God. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed going out and blessed coming in. I am a winner. I am an overcomer. I am victorious. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every mouth that speaks against me, I'll shut it in judgment. This is my inheritance. You know, and they started preaching to me, and I'd say, 
praise God. And I told Denise, I said, well, we're doing something right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, fall in love with your Bible. Amen. And it's all right to bring a Bible to church. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I'm telling you what, this book changed my life. God did the changing, but this book changed my life. I want to talk to you about this book today in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Now, I have the lit, uh, what they call the New Living Translation. So um, you can follow along whatever version you have there. Here's what it says in Hebrews 4, 12, for the Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. Word of God. That sounded good. You really sounded good. Say it again. I just like hearing it. I tell you what, say it like you're talking to the devil. There you go. Put some authority behind those words. Uh, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit. See, it's able to divide between my emotions and feelings and my my soulish realm and my spirit where God lives. It's able to get in there. Because sometimes, you know, my feelings, I can begin to think my feelings are true. That how I feel is what I really am. Or the way things really are. And I can be moved by my feelings. But the word of God, as I read the word of God, it helps me to separate between my soul and my spirit. So that I understand who I really am and I find my strength. See, I won't make it look into my soul. But where God lives is in my spirit. And what the Bible does is help divide that so I can take the curtain away, divide the room so I understand, yeah, this is your soul over here. You got your your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, how you think about things, what stress, and all the stuff in the soul. All right? But over here is my spirit. And when I can see the difference, then what's going on in my soul, my feelings, my thoughts, my fears, my inadequacies, my, uh, you know, all that junk, timidity, whatever it may be that's over there or even wrong things, you know, anything that's over there that is still not where it ought to be. I begin to understand, well, that's not me. It's like a shirt I wear. Yeah, it's with me everywhere I go, but it ain't me. Because the Bible helps me understand, this over here, the spirit, that's me. That's the real me. That's the eternal me. That's where God lives in me. And then all of a sudden I think, okay, wait a minute. Then it makes sense to me because I'll read about these, about promises in the word. And I think, well, I don't, I'm not that. I'm not that yet. I'm not, I hadn't gotten good enough yet. I don't have enough faith. I don't have, see, that's the soul speaking. I'm listening to the soul when I'm saying, but, or I'm not. When I read a 
promise in the word. And I think, well, I'm not there yet. That's my soul. And when I read the word of God, if I really read it, and it helps me understand. It'll begin to say, oh, yes, it is. This is the real you. And that that you were thinking or feeling, that's not the real you. See, you read in the Bible where Paul says, put off and put on. You know, you remember that? Anybody read any of that in the Bible? Yeah. Where it says, put off the old and put on the new. Say with me. I put off the old. Say it out loud. Come on. I put off the old and I put on the new. You know, if on the way to church, you're riding somebody and you got some kids in the car and one of them throws up all over you. Well, you don't say, well, there you go. I got to wear this from now on. This old stinking shirt. I'm going to smell like vomit everywhere I go. No, you just turn the car around, go back to the house, clean the kid up, clean yourself up, put on a new shirt. You put off the old one, you put on the new one. And you don't stink. Everybody said, I'm glad I don't stink. So he says, the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword or the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Now, listen. That was judgment right there. It exposes. You try to hide something, the word of God's going to show it to you. But now it's exposing is not to everybody around you. The devil is the one that likes to expose people's faults and failures to other people. If a Christian says to you or somebody says, well, have you heard? And if, if they start into something, what's so-and-so? You say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I don't care heard about that. Let me, let's talk about what Jesus is doing in their lives. Oh, well, I'm sure he's working in their lives, but I mean, you got to admit, there's this going on. They just should not. And you say, wait a minute, we don't know. If you think that, then why don't you pray? Why, as a matter of fact, why don't you lead us in prayer right now for him or her? See, the devil is the one that exposes what's going on inside you to others. The Word of God exposes it to you. It exposes it to you. Why? It's so that you can allow the Word to deal with it. So it can cleanse that out of your life. See, there's no condemnation to a child of God, is there? The Bible says, Romans 8, 1, 8, Verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. Yeah, but I failed. Yeah, and there's the cross. Confess your sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to forgive us of our sins, to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That means... As, as soon as I confess, now you got to believe. 
None of this works without faith. Is anybody with me? Hey, y'all, I've already started preaching here, so just kind of hook up with me. Okay? Don't wait for the bus to come. The bus is already gone. We're already left the bus stop. Everybody get on board with me here. We'll go somewhere. Don't worry. And it's not, I'm not going where you want to go. <laughs> I'm driving this bus. <laughs> Listen, like the man said, if I'm rubbing the fur the wrong way, let the cat turn around. <laughs> For the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. No, say it like it is something. For the Word of God. Amen. The Word of God. See, the Word of God. Not my words, not man's words, not preacher's words, not Pastor Guy's or Angie's words, not your words. God's Word. I don't care what the devil says. He said what? <laughs> the devil said what? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Oh, my goodness. Oh, he needs to be on Saturday Night Live. He is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Listen, the next time the devil tells you, here, tries to well, you know. You know, all that that pastor guy is talking about. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, but you know. You know it not, it's not for you. You know what all you've done. You know, I mean, yeah, you love God, but you know what you've done. You know what you've done. And so, you know it's horrible what you did. You're so bad. Or you're not going to make it. You'll never, ever get out of debt. You know that. You know that. No, you're not going to get well. You know, it, that's for other people. You know. Well, listen. Instead of saying, trying to fight them or trying to deal with don't worry all about that. Just say, what? What? I'm not being healed. I'm not getting out of debt. What? I'm not getting out of that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Write that one down, devil. That's a good one. You need to use that again. It's so funny. That's the attitude you need to take. You say, well, that's not very deep. Well, it's the word of God. Come on now. Come on now. Don't look at me at that, with that tone, attitude. No, the devil, don't worry about what he says. For the word of God says something. God has something to say. You listening? For the word of God is alive. It's, it's alive and powerful. We could say the word of God is filled. Every word in this book, every word from Genesis to uh, book and concordance. Every word in this book is filled with the very life of God. The life of God. 
I could tell you story after story. As a matter of fact, I think a will will stay here all night. No, I'm serious. I could tell you story after story after story. I'm not telling you. I'm not talking about something I read in somebody, somebody, some Christian book. I'm telling about life. Where I've proven God has proven His Word in my life. I can tell you about a daughter that was supposed to die and they were going to amputate her leg at five years of age. And we didn't have a penny to pay for the bills. And they had nine specialists working on her case. And they said it was impossible, a very rare disease that they had no cure, no help for. And we were supposed to look at burying our five-year-old daughter. But God, we stood on the word of God. We just said it doesn't matter what the devil says. Doesn't matter what the doctors say. Doesn't matter what circumstances says. The word of God says this. And we quoted the word of God over here. And God gave me this verse. Not one bone of hers will be broken. And they were to amputate her leg. I told my wife, I said, they will not amputate. Not one bone of hers will be broken. That's the word of God. You said, but how could you claim that? How do you mean, how can I not claim it? For all the promises of God, they are in Christ Jesus. Yes. He doesn't say, no, not for you. You're not good enough. You don't have enough faith. You haven't been good enough. You didn't go to church last Sunday. You didn't pray every day long enough. You're not studying the Bible long enough. So it just doesn't work for you. No, sir. It's in the book and it's mine. It's mine. Not because of me, because of Jesus. And if if I act like it's not, I'm slapping him in the face and spitting on his cross. One of your, your biggest problems is Jesus and. It's not only Jesus. It's Jesus and, and what you can do, what others can do, how that man can help me out, or how she can do this for me, how these others can. It's Jesus and. Well, Jesus and ain't going to get you nowhere. You're going to be stuck at the bus stop, and ain't no bus coming. But as soon as you take the and off, and it's just Jesus, you're left with just Jesus. You mean that's all I got? Yeah, and that's all you need. An angel, we, not only did we get a miracle, an angel came to the hospital room and told us where to go that a company would pay for it. I'm serious. We did exactly what the angel said. We went to, the, to that place and they said, we don't do that. And I said, well, she, uh, the angel, uh, no, I didn't say she, uh, 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 the angel. I said, that person said you did. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. You would have thought I had named an authority that he worked under. And actually I did. He just didn't know it. He's telling us, he's the head honcho, and he's telling us they don't do that. I'm telling when I said, he all of a sudden said, well, okay, let's see. And here's, you need to just sign right here. I mean, it's just like, and I didn't say, wait a minute. I just went with the change. It was like, you know, somebody just said, these are not the droids you want. I mean, he just went from, no, we don't do that. Just sign right here. Walked out of there with our daughter, a miracle. Every bill, we didn't know one penny. It was hundreds of thousands of dollars. Might as well have been a billion. We didn't have any money. 
We walked out of there. My wife looked at me and said, have we got the victory? I said, we got the victory. And you know why? Because it was only Jesus. For the word of God is alive and power. It's filled with God's life and power. I could tell you story after story of how his word, standing on his word, taking him at his word, believing what his word says, holding that promise up against the circumstances. You know, when you, you look in, in, in Ephesians where Paul says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, our problems not people, our problems are wicked spirits, the spirits of darkness, the, the devil. That's the, see, he's our enemy. Not my boss, my employees, or my neighbor, my wife, my husband, my children, my mother-in-law, father-in-law. None of the people are my problems. Yeah, there's jerks out there. But that's not the problem. The devil. And God's given us authority over all the works of the devil. And we take the word of God. You know, when you clothe yourself in that battle, you have a helmet of salvation. You have a girdle of truth. You have the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, walking in and living in the peace. 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 Get out of stress. Get out of your, your uh, heart, uh, searching for something. Put on peace. Take it. He said to put on the shoes. Quit praying for God to give you peace. Take it. Come on now. Not, God's not a servant running around waiting on you, giving you everything you're asking for. That's why a lot of your prayers aren't answered because you've got to get up and answer them. Take the word of God and, and act on it. It's alive. It's powerful, full of God's life. And I can tell you again and again where Denise and I and, and Friends of ours have taken God's promise, a promise from God in the face of insurmountable odds, of circumstances that threatened to, to kill, to steal, and destroy. And by standing on that promise, after you put on all that armor, there's only one weapon you've got, and that's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You use it as a sword. Now a sword can cut something out of you. Get a, uh, you know, you get uh, you get some bad uh, briar, or you get uh, some infection. A sword can open it up and let the infection out. That's why the uh, cut in between your joint, uh, your your soul and your spirit, and it exposes everything. Take that sword and let it pull that infection out. That infection of lust. That infection of greed, that infection of bitterness, that infection of unforgiveness, that infection of, of feeling uh, uh, like everybody's against you, 
rejection. Cut that, cut that junk out. See, cut it out. You cut it out by the Word of God. You cut it out by the Word of God. Now I'm going to tell you three places that the Word of God needs to be in your life. And you're the one that's got to put them there. Three places. Number one, the Word of God needs to be in your heart. In your heart. Why? Well, without faith, we cannot please God. When the disciples asked Jesus, what must we do that we can do the works of God, that we might do the will of God? As a pastor through all the years, one of the biggest questions I'd get is, how can I know the will of God? It's in your heart, see. Bible says out of your heart flow all the issues of life. And the disciples said, how do we know that we might know what we must do? That we might know the will of God. That we might work the works of God. Jesus said, this is the work of God. This is the work of God. This is the work of God. That you believe. It's out in your heart. Faith is in your heart. Faith is not in your head. All right? You remember he said, you can do it, you can ask for anything and speak to a mountain and it'll obey you. And he said, if you do not doubt in your heart. See, you can have doubts in your head and faith in your heart. Are you listening to me? You can have all kinds of questions in your head while you're having faith in your heart. Trust me, I know plenty of times my head would be going through, saying all this stuff, and I would say to my head, now listen to me. I believe God. How do I mean? I'm talking to myself saying, I'm believing God. Do I need mental help? No, because my spirit is talking to my soul. David said to his soul, why are you so cast down? He's talking to his own soul. And he says to his soul, hope in God. Isn't that something? A man talking to him, his soul, his own self. A man talking to himself. Hope in God. Well, I don't want to hope in God. I didn't ask you if you wanted to. See, you got faith in your heart. The word has got to be in your heart. You hide it in your heart. The Bible says to Mary when they told her that uh, the angel said, you're going to uh, have a, a child. Name, his name's Jesus. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is going to come upon you. And a holy thing is going to be birthed inside you. And the Bible says she hid. She wrapped her heart around those words when you read the word of god and you find a promise you know getting in the bible is like going fishing 
and our lives need to catch certain fish at certain times. Are you listening? It's like going fishing. And if you'll get in there and fish humbly and, and be consistent at it, every day get in the Bible, get in the Word. You don't have to read 10 pages. You don't have to read 10 chapters. Just you can read one verse. There's been times where I'd read two words in a verse and couldn't go any further because all of a sudden it just gripped my heart and I realized that's the fish I was supposed to catch that day for my needs and what I needed. So I reeled that sucker in. I reel it in by saying, yes, yes, I believe that. Yes, oh God. Yes, I'll get up and stoke stand at the window. I say, God, I claim that. I declare it's mine. I know it because you're speaking to me. And I reel that fish in and, you know, and then I eat off of it all day long. I cook that fish. I eat that fish. Y'all think I'm silly. Well, I'm going to tell you what. This is how we've lived in the blessing of God. All of our lives. Since I got saved, I should say. But you get the Word of God in your heart by reading it and, and laying claim to it. You read it and you pull it out. Yes, Lord. See, you should be reading through the Bible all the time. Because you're walking through heavenly things. You're walking through covenant. You're walking through promises. You're walking in a land that is filled to overflowing with all the goodness of God. That song says that your goodness is following after me. That's Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow after me all the days of my life. Chasing me down. Chasing me down. Chasing me down. So the Word of God's got to be in your heart. How do I do? See, and the important thing is you get it in your heart. It's like seed. You with me? The Word of God's like seed. You get it in your heart, and it grows. It grows. It grows. So meditate on it. Think on it. Think on it. That's why you don't need to read a whole bunch every day. Read something. And when you, it, and then just stop. Stop. Don't be in a hurry. Just read it slow. You'll learn it fast. All right? And you get it in your heart. See, thy word have I hidden in my heart. How does a young man keep his ways? You know, by giving heed to the word of God, by hiding it in your heart. And if you do that, that word begins to change you. It's full of God's life. And every seed grows after its kind. It produces after its kind. And the words in this book are from the seed. They're the seed of God. It was the seed of God in the womb of Mary that brought forth Jesus. This seed is the same kind of seed. It's the same seed. And you get it in you, it will bring forth the life of Jesus in you. You'll begin to act and live and think and walk and talk like Jesus in the earth. Number two, the second place you've got to have the word, it needs, the word of God needs to be in your heart. Then it needs to be in your head. It needs to take over your thought life. For God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts. Well, I think, well, who cares? 
Are you listening? The, you need to get rid of those. Change your way of thinking. The most important thing to a child of God, of course, they have to be saved to be a child of God, right? The most important thing for every child of God is to get their mind renewed by the Word of God. It's to change your thinking in exchange for God's thoughts. Every thought. What does God think about sex out of marriage? What does God think about this or about uh, lying? What does God think about uh, everything? What does God think? And what does God think about uh, all this stuff going on in America? Listen, if we had people that had renewed minds in the church, the church could change and impact America. The trouble is the church doesn't have the mind of Christ. They, have, they go to church, but they, don't, they are not the church. Don't live like the church. As a man thinks, so is he. How can I judge them? Well, their actions prove it. Because thoughts, your thoughts are the birthplace of your actions. I'm going to say that again. Your thoughts are the birthplace of your actions. You say, I'm going to do such and so, you're going to do what you think. Whatever you want in your life, whatever you want, see, out of your heart flow the issues. Everything comes out of your, your words, Jesus said, come out of your heart. Okay, your head is the birthing place of your action because you have thoughts up there. And when I say thoughts, I'm talking about what you're willing to think on. Not a thought that runs by, but a thought that you allow to develop. And that's what you do. You take the promises of God. I used to quote, memorize uh, chapters of the Word of God. Why? Because I needed a renewed mind. I needed it desperately. I was like a man building a boat in the middle of the storm, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the ocean, and I was taking pieces of wood that float by, and I'd tie them together. Why? So I could live, I could survive, and keep from drowning in all the junk that I'd allowed in my, that was in my head from my past life. I had to get my mind renewed. I had to get it renewed to where I didn't look at a woman and have all kinds of junk going on. To where I didn't judge people. To where I didn't, I, I, I wasn't thinking about, oh, I need to go to the bar. Or I need to go get a joint. Or I need to go shoot up. I had to change my thinking. Amen. I had to work on my head up here. See, maybe you never had to. And I feel sorry for you. I glory in my weakness because it's driven me to run after God. Blessed are those that are poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does he mean poor in spirit? Those that realize every day, every moment. They're, I know right now I'm 75 years old. I know right now I need God more than I've ever needed him in my life. And I'm running after him. So I get my mind renewed. I get up every morning, get me a cup of coffee. Coffee's holy. 
because I drink it. I get my coffee and my Bible, and I climb the hill of God. And Jesus and I sit there and drink coffee. And I read the word, and, and I'll tell him, I'll say, oh, you said this. And I'll, say, okay, and I'll say, okay, that's who I am, or that's what I am. And I'll change my thinking. Why? Because it'll change me. See, when I say, say I'm dealing with financial issues, and I'm thinking, oh, God, we don't, you know, and you look at the circumstances, don't know what we're going to do. Well, I'll get in here and say, you know, he causes us to abound with prosperity. He makes us the head and not the tail. He causes us to be above only and not beneath. See, I, and so I begin to put that in my mind. And that give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall it be poured into your bosom? And see, listen, Denise and I went from not a penny to our name. Everything broke down. No money. Nothing. We couldn't pay we could not pay for anything. We couldn't have paid for free. We didn't have any money. We, we, and we weren't making any money. I was preaching. And, also, and here's what I did. Every time I, I was, when I was traveling, I was preaching. I'd give all the offerings away. We'd give the offer. I'd, the pastor would give me the offering. And I'd give it back. I'd, say, I'd sign the check and say, here, brother, I want to bless you. And he'd say, you mean you're... You got so much you don't I said, I have got so much I don't need it. I've got more than I can take care of. More than I can handle. We didn't have nothing. <clears throat> I gave it away when we didn't have food. We would fast for days, not because we were spiritual. We didn't have no money to buy food. So we just call it a fast. <laughs> Might as well. We didn't have nothing. And I'd eke up enough money to put gas in the car to drive to the next preaching station, next church. We began to declare. Like one day, Denise said, Steve, we had a little uh, baby. She said, Steve, we have no food. We have no formula for the baby, no food for the baby. We have nothing but water. What are we going to do? And I said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. She said, praise God, amen. You know what happened next? I went to the church to pray with the pastor. While I was gone, a lady pulled up. We were in a little travel trailer we had, we lived in. And a lady pulled up to the travel trailer and said, are you the wife of the preacher at the church? I said, yes, I am. She said, I don't know why, but I went to the grocery store this morning and the, I felt like the Lord told me that what are I bought for me to buy for you? And she said, I only went for a few things, some bread and eggs and milk. And she said, but I decided to buy everything I could get. And she had a station wagon back in those days, you know, a station wagon. And the whole rear of the station wagon was full of groceries for Denise and I. I came back from prayer. And step up on, open the door, a little, you know, a little door to, to the trailer, and stepped up in there, and I looked inside, and Denise is just standing there in this little kitchen that was about as big as this space here. She's standing there, and there's grocery bags full 
everywhere, even on the floor. And she's got them in the cabinets. And I said, what happened? And she told me about the lady. We held each other and cried. Because just a few hours before, she said, Steve, we have no food. We have no money. I can't feed Stacy. What are we going to do? And I said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed out begging for bread. The Word of God. The Word of God. Get it in your head. Get it in your head. The last place the Word of God needs to be is in your mouth. The Word of God in your mouth. Because Jesus said, by your words, you will be condemned. And by your words, you'll be justified. In other words, if you're going to win in life, it's going to be from what comes out of your mouth. You're going to have what you say. You say, well, I don't believe you can have what you say. Well, you do. You do, we do. We have what we say. And you say, I know people that say, I don't believe in that. Or you're, that, you're a part of that, name it and claim it. I don't care what you call it. I, I, it's Bible. I could care less what man thinks. I've had men criticize me, and I look at them and I say, I kind of chuckle and say, well, I've had better men than you criticize me. So why should you matter? You know? And uh, they kind of, what? Uh, they actually thought it would hurt me if they criticized me. But I, I said, until you can show me that what it says in the Bible is not true, I don't care what you say. And Jesus said, you can speak to the mountains. That your words are life. They have the power of life. And they have the power of death. Put the word of God in your mouth. And listen, pray this prayer like David did. Set a watch on my mouth. Set a watch on me. In other words, put a guard like an angel standing there. And that every time I say what I shouldn't say, that angel's going to go. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Seriously. You say, I don't believe that. I've had it. I, you know, I'd get a, I'd pray about something and, and really, yes, God, praise God. We got the victory in this. Praise the Lord. Praise God. It's done. It's done. It's done. And then I'd get up and somebody would be talking. We'd be talking. And, I'd, and out of my mouth would come words that were totally against what holy Steve had prayed and got the victory over. But stupid Steve was over here saying, rah, 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 rah. And as soon as I said what I felt and what my thoughts were thinking, trying to think, and what the circumstances were saying, and I'm contradicting what I prayed, I felt it. And I stepped back and said, wait a minute, that's a lie. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like a lawyer getting up and saying, and I say so-and-so, I object. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
And I did, you know, I'd say something, and then I'd say, that's a lie. Like, you know, people that you're talking to that don't understand that stuff, they're thinking, what? <laughs> you're losing it, buddy. <laughs> Steve, are you okay? Uh, yeah, I just had to get back. But what I just said was not the truth. Here's the truth. God is going to take care of this. We're going to get through this. And I'm telling you what, here's not, not only are we going to get through it, we're going to be better than we were before. I remember, oh, my time's gone, but I remember Denise and I needed a car. And the guy had a, one of the guys in the church, uh, two of them worked at this car lot. And they had this car that was really nice, and they were just going to basically give it to me uh, for half what they paid for, you know, off the wholesale, where they, how they went uh, and got it. And it was a great deal. And the car was worth a lot more. And so I said, they said, here, here you, the keys are yours, and we'll bring the paperwork over and it'll be yours. And as they said it, as they doing that, the Holy Spirit said, nope, this is not your car. And so I said, I'm sorry, fellas, I can't do it. Well, it kind of offended them. Because they said, well, we're trying to help you out, Pastor. You need a car. That old thing you drive, you need a nicer car. We're trying to help you out, and here's the deal. I mean, and they're thinking, is our pastor not intelligent? You know, and he's leading our church. And I said, fellas, I can't. And I didn't feel the liberty to say the Lord. I just said, I can't do it. And they said, all right. And I could tell they were kind of taken aback that me did. So I drove off in my old car and killing mosquitoes and stuff and, and uh, got over to a uh, uh, house and told Denise about the story. And she said, okay. And it was about a few days later. No, no, I'm sorry. But I looked at, let me, I forgot the point. When I, they said, you got to, I told them I can't do it. And they said, well, you should. And I said, no, I can't, guys. But I said, now look at me. Look at me. I said, God's going to give me something better. Not that I need it better. You don't understand. I'm going to glorify God. And so I said, see, you got to put the word in your mouth. I could have just left there and not said this, but I said, God's going to give me something better. You know what I did? I set something in motion because your words go out. You know, scientists say that our words, the sound of our words go on. Do you know what your word is? When you talk, you know what your words are? They are the breath from your inner being because you cannot talk without breath. And when God created, he, he spoke his word, his ruach, his breath, which also is his spirit. When you speak, 
It's as if it's your spirit coming out. So if you curse somebody, that's why you're, if you call a person a fool or damn them with your words, you're in danger. Because your spirit is releasing that. Somebody listening to me. I'm trying to help you. It'd be better to say, you know, the Bible says, in much talk, sin is not lacking. When there's a lot of words, sin's not going to be lacking. That's why it's better to talk a little and listen more. But be careful of what you listen to. But I said to them, God's going to do better. God's going to give me, do it, give me a better, something better. A few days later, a man that owned, now this sounds, you might take offense to this, but it wasn't about it. He owned a Lincoln car dealership. And I was in his office, we were talking because our church was near, and he liked for me to come over and just talk to him about the Lord. And so I'd go over there and, and we'd sit and have coffee or iced tea or something, talk about the Lord. And he said, you need a car. We're sitting there talking about it. I said, well, God's got one for me. And he said, he does, and I'm going to give it to you. And it wasn't a used one. It was a brand new Lincoln. And I was kind of a little bit embarrassed. You know, here I am. I'm, I'm, I go from driving the mosquito killing machine to all of a sudden I'm driving a brand new Lincoln. I know some of the people are thinking, is he stealing the money out of the offering? <laughs> and, you know, I would have told him, but I wasn't going to, you know, you'd, I would, it's not about me. And so the Lord just had me keep quiet. And then a couple of the elders came, or my leaders came and said, praise God, that's what, and I could, and the Lord told me, he said, just how I told them the story. And they said, we knew what it was. We knew God had done something for you like that. But you, what do you mean it? Forget the car. I could tell you that about healing in our bodies, about changing circumstances with people that hated us, against pastors that wanted to, that would literally get up and preach messages against me in their church, that and say we are of the devil. I. Through our words. See, it's good to pray, but you got to do some words too. We got out and we put some legs on them prayers by, by speaking words. And we have seen God turn situations around. Totally. Get the word in your heart, in your head, and in your mouth. for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.